If you go down to the woods today, you better not go alone. It's lovely down in the woods today, but safer to stay at home. Rocking out with the Beastie Boys, this is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. My name is Nathan Stone and I will be your host today. I'd like to start off first by apologizing that there was no show last week. I was simply too busy. I am in school currently and all of the end of term projects came up since it is, well, end of term. So I was a little run off my feet last week and honestly still have a lot going on. It's all pretty much wrapping up this week for the most part though. So next week expect a more big juicy episode to sink your teeth into. For today though we're gonna do something little and fun and silly because we never do anything silly on this show. We are going to create a Beastman Warband from scratch so that'll be lots of fun. First off, though, let's talk some news. I have to do a monstrous shout-out here to Neil. Neil is a friend of the show, loyal listener, and all-around great guy. And Neil sent me a little care package, which is just wonderful. I got it over the weekend, and he sent a copy of White Dwarf 219 from March 1998. And the reason that that is special to me, it's because that was the first White Dwarf that I ever actually purchased. Not the first one that I read, but the first one I bought with my own money uh, back in 1998. And it was the issue that got me into Warhammer 40k. The battle report for that issue was... Eldar versus Blood Angels, and I've talked about it on the show before, but it was the ambush at Volsi Gorge. Beautiful painted Biotan versus the gorgeous Second Ed era Blood Angels. What a great battle report. Great narrative. And it's really special to me. I still love both of those armies to this very day. As well as that, White Dwarf had just a ton of awesome content. It had the Red Gobbo for Gorkamorka. It had the release of the 5th edition Bloodthirster for Warhammer Fantasy, and I guess 40k as well. So it had a little featurette on that. It was full of great stuff. Those early White Dwarfs were just magical, and I'm so glad to be able to go back and read it again. I've just flipped through it a couple of times because I want to have some nice time to read it cover to cover, but I am really looking forward to that. Neil also sent the Ice Queen, none other than Catherine herself, Queen of Kislev, in Blister, by the way, which is a mixed blessing because this is a, a model that I love. I love the background of Kislev. We've done a couple episodes that feature Kislev, and man, it's so incredible to see her in Blister. The Blister, by the way, is from the early 90s. Uh, it sold for £2.99, so about 6 7 Canadian dollars, probably with the exchange rate at the time. And boy, when was the last time you got a Games Workshop character for under $10? Absolutely wild. But I don't know... I mean, I'm definitely going to take her out of the blister and paint her up and do something with her. I'm going to have to make a 
Kislev allied contingent now, which is something that I was thinking about earlier in the year when I was doing the Kislev episode. This just makes it so that I am obligated to do it. So thank you for that, Neil. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I really wanted to do it anyway. And man, I love that model. I love her background. She is so great. So thank you for that. I am going to feel a lot of guilt, though, taking her out of that blister because I feel like it's, you know, it's it's destroying packaging on something that has been sealed for closing in on 30 years now. And uh, there's a part of me that just feels a little bit sketchy, right, doing that, because now I have to do a really good job on her as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a little stressful. I don't know when I'm going to get to her. Maybe over the winter break, though, I got a lot of stuff that I want to do for the orchard in that time. Lots of recording, hopefully some videos, but we shall see how much hobbying and, and crazy stuff I can get done over the two and a half week period where I will be out of school. God willing, I might even get a game of Warhammer in. Not holding my breath on that one because everyone's busy over the holidays as well, but... You never know until you try. In other news, we have moved to our December painting challenge, our November painting challenge wrapped up. We got so many great entries for that. If you would like to vote to see who our November champion will be, just hop on to the Warhammer Orchard Facebook page. There I will have made a post where you can view all of the entries and vote for your favorite and we will crown a winner at the end of this week if you're hearing this that should be up on the warhammer orchard facebook page our december painting challenge is all about festive spirits i love ghost stories and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while you undoubtedly know that and ghost stories used to be a huge part of the Christmas tradition, but they've sort of fallen out of favor nowadays. The only ones that you really see are the ghosts from A Christmas Carol, but it, it didn't always used to be like that. So I wanted to bring the ghosts back into the holidays. So our theme for this month is a festive spirit. And remember that spirits don't always have to be spooky ghosts. There was a myriad of different spirits in A Christmas Carol, and they all had a bit of a different look. The example that I came up with for a what I think would be a great Warhammer or miniature Christmas spirit would be the orc version of Krampus. His name is Krumpus, and he gives out festive beatings. So you can really take this challenge anywhere you want to take it. That's going to be open until the new year, and then we will switch to our January challenge. If you need something to do over the holidays, don't feel like doing anything big, but maybe feel like painting a silly miniature, uh, do check that out, and you can post that to the Warhammer Orchard Facebook page or send it to me directly, because uh, I will also enter it in the challenge that way as well. All right, let's move on to our main event today. We're going to do something a little bit different. Now, on the Patreon, I have done multiple episodes that have been Let's Build a Chaos Champion. And what I do is I take the wonderful third edition Realm of Chaos books, Slaves to Darkness and The Lost and the Damned, 
and I roll up completely randomized characters. We randomize every single aspect of them, and it always gives us something neat, something fun, and something weird. They're great episodes for me to do when I don't have a lot of time. Uh, see right now. <laughs> but I thought, let's switch it up for the main channel here. And let's do a Build a Beastman Warband. Something that we can also do through the creation rules in the Realm of Chaos books. So that is exactly what we're going to do today. And if you like this episode, why not check out our Patreon there you'll find themed episodes around creating Chaos Champions for Nurgle, Slanesh, and Korn. Because we did Zinch on the main channel back in the summer, so you can find that one just in our regular episode archives. And for this month on the Patreon, there is the fresh Let's Build a Champion for Korn as well as we are going to be doing a Christmas special a little bit later in the month. All right, let's open up our Realms of Chaos, step inside, and let's start building a Beastman Warband. So for this, we are going to go to the Lost and the Damned, which is the second volume of Realm of Chaos, and came out in 1991, following Slaves of Darkness, which is the first one. The way these books are written is a little bit odd. Uh, it makes sense once you get used to them. If you spend enough time in the realm of chaos, that it all starts to make sense to you. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But these books are easily the best books Games Workshop has ever published. I was a little bit on the fence about it before, because a lot of these early 90s books are just so much fun. The Orc, uh, Ear We Go book for Rogue Trader. Easily one of the best fluff books, but nothing quite holds a candle as far as lore, rules, and just fun you can have than the third edition Realm of Chaos books. And The Lost and the Damned added in various warbands. So Beastmen are one of them. There's also Centaur, Minotaur, uh, all sorts of other chaos creatures that you can make warbands for, but we're going to go with the Beastie Boys today. And we are going to start rolling up a random hero to lead our warband, and then we will generate the warband randomly as well. So we're gonna do as much of this as we can completely randomized. The only real difference between this and my Let's Build a Champion episodes is that this one is gonna feature Beastmen as the champion and Beastmen as the followers. Usually I would roll randomly for both of those things, but we're going to get something with a little bit more cohesion today. Let's start off with the Beastmen champion. Now we have six options here. On a 1 to 50, rolling a D100, we will get a stock standard Beastman. But on a 51 to 75, we get a level 5 hero. Think of that as a Beastman champion in later editions. On a 76 to 85, we'll get a level 10 hero, and that is about the equivalent of a Beastman hero from the later eras, though he does have more wounds than, uh, than a Beastman hero would have, at least in 6th through 8th edition. 86 to 95 is a level 15 hero. So now you're getting into the category of what would be Beastman lords in later eras. On a 96 to 99, we get a level 20 hero, who is very mighty indeed. 
and on a hundred we get a level 25 hero and this guy doesn't really have much of an equal i think the hero hammer era lords are the closest thing that i can think of to the level 25 hero even then this hero would have five wounds so really really mighty so let's start things off here i got my percentiles i got my d100 let's go oh 96 oh boy okay we're gonna get a we're gonna get a mighty beastman hero this time this is the first time i think i've rolled like a lord level character all right so here is our starting profile for our level 20 beastman champion so he has movement four weapon skill seven ballistic skill four strength four toughness five five wounds initiative six four attacks a leadership of 10 plus three Intelligence of 6, Cool of 8 plus 1, and Willpower of 7 plus 1. So, very good stats across the board. I'm honestly a little surprised that none of the Beastmen have a strength higher than 4. Even if we got that 100 roll, he would still have 4 strength. But I feel like the Gods of Chaos might help us out here. Now, Beastmen... The reason that I chose Beastmen to do for this particular episode is because they get so many Chaos Attributes. Chaos Attributes are random physical and sometimes mental mutations that add a lot of weirdness to your Chaos Champion. And Beastmen being the true children of Chaos that they are, they can start with so many Chaos Attributes. So we're a level 20 hero. So the chance of attributes for a level 20 hero is 100%. So we're going to have them. And we get D6 plus 2 attributes, which is frankly insane. This guy is going to be just a bizarre mishmash of, of things. And for a normal champion, once you get more than 6 attributes, you actually devolve into a chaos spawn. Or you, you can devolve into a chaos spawn. Uh, so... For the beastmen, though, uh, they you know they're made of sterner stuff, so we're we're just gonna pile on mutations to this guy, and see what happens. And this is actually done before we even give him his mark of chaos. So usually you would apply the mark second. We're actually going to apply it third after we figure out what this guy is in terms of other mutations, and. I'm really happy to do this because I get to roll a ton of times on my favorite chart. Maybe just my favorite chart of all charts. I don't think it's specifically in Warhammer. I think it's just my favorite chart of all time. It is a D1000 chart of infinite weirdness. That is the chaos attribute table. Oh boy, we're going to have some fun here. First though, we have to figure out how many attributes we're going to get. We're going to get D6 plus two attributes. So I'm actually going to start a file to remember, so I can write down and remember all of the things that our Beastman Champion will get. All right. So D6 plus two. So we're getting four chaos attributes to start and we will get more. <laughs> I guarantee you we will get more than this as we go through the character creation process. So don't worry if we don't get too weird right off the hop. All right, rolling our D1000 here, which is just multiple D10 dice. So 833 is our first roll. 
833. <laughs> okay. We're getting uh we're getting silly walk for our first personal attribute. Yep, that sounds about right. So we're starting off with a silly walk. Let's see if that does anything. Sometimes they don't actually do anything for you. The mutant develops an extremely odd method of walking, taking ridiculously short steps, several steps forward and back in a single stride, hopping on the spot in between steps or whatever. Reduce the mutant's movement and fear points by one. So that was bad. So he, he lost movement because of his silly walk. He's now movement three. This is fine. And he is minus one to his fear factor. So he may pick up more fear factor. Uh, fear was done kind of on a sliding scale in third edition. You could have fear points. And so he's at minus one fear point already. <laughs> this is excellent. All right, let's head on back and see what we get for his second chaos attribute. 68. Okay, we don't have to go far for this one. Bestial face. Hmm. Well... Uh, I hate to break this to you, game, but kind of already there. Now, when the game says bestial face, it doesn't just mean the face of a beastman that you're thinking of, that classic kind of goat head. Oh, no, no, no. We, we could get any number of crazy creatures. D10. And we get a 10. Oh, boy. Well, now we get to roll a D20. And we get to consult an extended chart so on this chart is all sorts of weird heads we could get an ant an ape a bat a bear rats ravens sheep goat well i mean the goat one wouldn't be crazy spider tiger weasel all sorts of stuff let's see what we get we got the head of a dragon huh i didn't see that one coming so that was the nine uh head of a dragon so we gain an attack and we may breathe fire in place of a bite attack. Wow. And let's take a quick detour to see what breathes fire does. So he can breathe fire six inches or 12 yards uh, in a two inch width or four yards width. If you were measuring in yards somehow for your games. I don't know how you do that, but be my guest, I guess. Third edition was a weird time. And it does two hits to anything under the template. And all of the hits use mutant's strength. That is wildly good. So he's a strength four breath attack that goes out in a goes out six inches from his base and two inches wide. So it's kind of like a beam from later eras. Alright, and we add one to the mutant's fear points. Okay, so that's good. We got that fear point back. Uh, so silly walk, uh, but he does have a dragon head that breathes fire. So those two things cancel out as far as fear goes. Okay, so yeah, what I said earlier about things maybe not getting weird right off the bat. Uh, forget about that. Here's our third attribute. 363. Extra joints. Hmm, extra joints. Don't know if I like that. That is... Ugh. The mutant develops extra joints in one or more of its limbs. These usually take the form of extra elbows or knees. Roll a d6 to determine which limbs are affected. Okay. So 1 to 3 is arms, 4 to 5 is legs, and 6 is arms and legs. We got a 5. Legs! We get, we get our movement back. So we're back up to movement 4. All right. 
So he still has a silly walk, but it just it doesn't slow him down because of all those extra knees he has. That's that's how this works, right? Okay, and now for our last chaos attribute for now. Let's see what we get. 808. Oh no. Short legs. <laughs> it's just all in the legs. All right. Oh, let's see what short leg. I mean, he's definitely losing a movement point, right? That's the only thing this can be. Mutant's legs shrivel up and become far shorter than normal for its original species or race. Divide the mutant's movement by two. Oh no. Okay, movement two. We were almost back. We were almost back to being a respectable movement. And then we got short legs. So he has short legs with a silly walk and extra knees. Yeah, I could see having some trouble there. So he is now movement two. So boy, I hope you didn't want him to do anything during a game. All right. So here we are finally at the Mark of Chaos. So... This was our natural state of this beastman, or unnatural state of this beastman. I don't know how he ever survived long enough to become a level 20 hero with two movement points. But I guess, you know, he makes up for his short, knee-filled legs with extra ferocity. I guess having a dragon head that breathes fire helps. Now let's apply a Mark of Chaos. And usually you would just choose a Mark of Chaos to apply, but that is not how we do things around these parts. We are going to roll for it. And so on a 1, we are going to go with Slanesh, 2, Nurgle, 3, Zinch, 4, Corn, And on a 5, we will go Undivided. 4 for Corn. All right. So Corn's champions receive a suit of Chaos Armor. Thumbs up there. Chaos Armor, great. And a randomly determined attribute. All right, back we go. So normal Chaos Champions would get a reward as well, and we may still get a reward. But what we do get is a personal attribute. Back to the D1000 roll. All right, we're sticking in the 800s here. Uh, 824. Siamese Twin. Yup, that makes sense. Oh god, am I going to have to make two Beastman heroes now that are conjoined? The mutant becomes two separate entities, joined together by flesh, gristle, and bone. The mutant receives one fear point. All right, well, we're back in the positives for fear points. And its movement is divided by two. What? But, but our movement was already two. Game, you can't... We can't have movement one, can we? Well, I guess we do. So, uh, each of these new creatures has its own profile. From now on, determine the new chaos attributes separately for each half. Oh, we're here all day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, however, the twin mutant has one running total of fear points. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, calculated by adding together the fear points of both twins. Okay, so we're probably at plus two fear points right now, which seems low to me, but, you know. Uh, while each twin has its own wounds total, if either of them is killed both die okay so he has 10 wounds but if you kill one twin the other one automatically dies if either subsequently gains the duplication chaos attribute two sets of siamese twins are produced oh please no let's hope we don't roll that one roll a d6 to determine how the twin mutants are attached are they back to back or side by side all right so on a one to three they are back to back on a four to six they are side by side 
four. They are side by side. The mutants do not have any inner arms where they are joined. Reduce the number of weapon or claw attacks as appropriate. That's fine. Um, if a second Siamese twin attribute is gained, the twins become triplets. Roll again for the method of attachment. So things have gotten out of hand right now. We have a Siamese twin, short-legged, extra-kneed, dragon-headed, silly-walking, beastman champion. This is fine, right? Now, one thing we can do is give him a reward for being a Chaos Champion of Corn. All champions of their gods get rewarded, and we can either roll on a generic table... Or we can roll on the rewards of corn. And I think today we're going to roll on the rewards of corn. So this is a D100 chart because almost everything is a D100 chart in the Realm of Chaos. If it's not a D1000 chart. Let's see what we get here. Alright, we got 22 skin of corn. The champion's eyes become milky white and lose their pupils. His skin also changes colors as follows. Oh, in a D6 table. I always love the tables that lead to more tables. Although I am worried that one day I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to lead to an infinite loop of tables and then I'm going to die. It's just a fear I have. Four. His skin changes to, ooh, black as coal. Okay, so pitch black skin. And, oh man, if he had gotten brass skin, he could have gotten a toughness upgrade. That'd be kind of cool. So this is, uh, no, this is just cosmetic, a little cosmetic thing. So our dragon-headed beastman has pitch black skin. And I'm guessing pitch black hair as well. I mean, on the bits that aren't dragon. He's a weird guy. Okay, next up, let's generate his starting equipment. Now we know he has chaos armor already, which is a really good start. Chaos armor is as good in 3rd edition as it is, well, throughout the eras of Warhammer. You always want it. How do you think he got Chaos Armor made to fit both halves of his twin? I guess Chaos Armor is magical. It just works. Getting into or out of that would be a real challenge. Although I suppose most Chaos Armor just doesn't come off, does it? All right, equipment table. So he is a level 20 hero, which means he gets D6 plus 4 points to spend on equipment. Basically, the higher level you are as a champion, the more fun stuff that you can get. So he has D6, uh, that's 2. So I guess he didn't have tons of stuff, but he still has 6 points to spend, which is quite a bit. The first thing we're going to give him is probably some kind of weapon. Now... Where he has two creatures, and each one of those creatures has a single arm, I'm thinking a two-handed weapon probably isn't the best choice. I don't even know if he could wield that. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to give him two hand weapons. We'll give him an axe in each hand. I think an axe is a good thing for him to have. And so that is going to eat up two of our points. Now, he has a tremendous amount of attacks because he is technically two creatures, so I think he's got 10 attacks. So I'm not worried about the number of attacks here. Uh, he is strength 4. I would have liked to give him something to up his strength a little bit, like a great weapon. But I feel like a great weapon would be too unwieldy since his arms are so far apart. But he is ballistic skill 4, and he is movement 1. <laughs> 
So what we're going to do is we're going to give him a ranged weapon so that he can have some influence on the battlefield unless something is kind enough to come and charge him and fight him. So he's going to have a crossbow with quarrels. And as far as I can tell, there's nothing in the rulebook that says a beastman can't fire a crossbow. And that is three points there. So we only have one point left. We don't really have to worry about armor at all because we've got that chaos armor. But I am going to give him a shield with that last point. I'm not really sure how the shield works. And I don't honestly know how <laughs> the profile works. I guess you would randomize hits. So one of them could have a shield and up the armor save a little bit on both of them. I think that's how it works. This is tremendously weird. I was not prepared to have to deal with a twin uh, growing out of our beastman. So I'm going to assume that's how it works. And yeah, so he's pretty well equipped. He's got his two swords, he's got his crossbow, and he's got his shield and chaos armor. He is in a good place. Well, good place might be a bit much. I don't... <laughs> I don't know how it would feel that... Also, he's got two breath attacks. I just realized that. My god. He's never getting anywhere, but if anything comes near him, it is in real trouble. Movement one. What do, he, what, what do we even do with that? Okay, let's give him some friends. Now, he's attracted some followers, probably because he's so weird and terrifying uh, that no one wants to tell him otherwise. I would have given him a warhorse in equipment, just as an aside. Uh, I actually don't know if Beastmen are able to ride mounts in this edition. And where I'm not sure that they are, I decided not to. Also, it's much funnier just to imagine him slowly with his silly walk and his extra knees just making his way up the battlefield uh, two inches at a time if he runs. <laughs> okay. Follower table. Here we go. Beastman Society is based upon the Warband, so all champions start off with at least some followers. To determine how many followers the champion has to begin with, roll a d6 and consult the chart below. So, on a d6 roll, on a 1 or a 2, we get one roll on the Beastman Followers table. On a 3 to 4, we get two rolls. On a 5, we get three rolls. And on a 6, we get four rolls. So, see how... <laughs> How good our uh, dragon-headed beastman is at gaining followers, at convincing other beastmen to follow Of course, it's a six. Okay. Okay. Who wanted this episode to be quick anyway? Certainly not me. <laughs> so we get four rolls on this table, and here is how it works. On a zero to 20, we get 2d6 beastman of the champion's patron, so we would get 2d6 corn gores. Uh, on a 21 to 40, we get 2d6 regular beastman. On a 41 to 60, we get a beastman hero. So kind of a lesser hero to have that. And boy, it'd be fun. We'd have to generate him as well. I guarantee this will probably happen like four times. It'll just be a traveling band of beastman heroes. I'd actually be so okay with that. The beastman picture on this page, by the way, is awesome. It's your classic goat-headed beastman, but he's in very fancy armor and he's dual-wielding katanas. I don't know where he got them. I don't know that he knows where he got them, but man, does he look like he's going to do some business with them. All right. On a 61 to 70, we get a Beastman Shaman. And on a 71 to 80, we get D6 Centaur. On an 81 to 85, we get D3 Dragon Ogres. And on an 86 to 98, we get D6 Minotaur. And then on a 99 or 100, we get Other, which could give us... Humans, Dark Elves, Chaos Dwarves, Goblins, all sorts of goodness that you usually get as a Chaos Champion. 
All right, first roll on the table. We get a 40. 2d6 Beastman. All right, let's see how many Beastmen we get. First d6 is a five. Second d6 is a one. So six Beastmen. These are Beastmen of the standard type. Some carry shields, some wear light armor. A few combine both, others have none. Giving an average d6 saving throw of six, they brandish axes, swords, clubs, and other hand weapons. Uh, on a d6 roll of five or a six, any or all of the Beastmen may carry a bow or a spear as well as or instead of their other equipment. Hmm, okay. If forming a new unit in the warband, the Beastmen may automatically have a standard and a warhorn or other instrument. Well, that's nice. Get a free command there. Let's see if they can carry bows. One. No, they cannot. So they are just going to be six regular old Beastmen. But you know what? We like Beastmen here. We're happy to have all Beastmen. You know, there are no bad Beastmen. They're all good Beastmen. That's probably not true. Six regular Beastmen. Okay, roll number two. Alright, 86, D6 Minotaur. The champion is joined by a band of D6 Minotaurs. If uh, There is a 10% chance that one of the Minotaurs is a hero. If so, determine his level and chaos attributes from the following chart. Okay, so 10% chance. So luckily, we've got so many D10s around. So we're going to say on a 10, we get a champion. Ooh, a 6, we do not. So, but we still get D6 Minotaur, and everybody loves Minotaur. We get 4 Minotaur. All right, so 6 Beastmen, 4 Minotaur to start off our Warband. Next up, let's see what we get. 27. 2D6 more Beastmen of the regular type. I was hoping we'd get some, some Corn Gores, but it doesn't look like we will. So four for the first roll and six. So ten more regular Beastmen. Oh, and let's see if these guys can carry bows. They cannot. So we now have 16 re uh, regular Beastmen. So enough for a good-sized unit there. And four Minotaur. This is a really regular warband so far for a absolutely irregular champion. All right. Last roll for our... Beastman Warband 74. Your champion is joined by a group of centaur. If there are four or more, then one of them will be a hero. If there are six, then there is no hero, but the centaurs are led by a wizard instead. Ooh, okay. Well, that's fun. Let's see what we get. D6 roll. One. <laughs> we got one centaur. I don't know that this guy meant to join our warband. I think he was just lost. One centaur. Okay, that is going to be our Beastman warband. So let's go over what we have done today. We have our Beastman champion, who is a level 20 hero. Movement 4, weapons... Whoa, whoa, let's back that up. Movement 1, weapon skill 7, ballistic skill 4... Strength 4, Toughness 5, 5 Wounds, Initiative 6, 4 Attacks, make that 8 Attacks uh, because of his twin, and also 10 Wounds because of his twin. Uh, leadership 10 plus 3, Intelligence 6, Cool 8 plus 1, and Willpower 7 plus 1. Man, how great would he be if not for all of his leg problems? Boy, that is easily the most potent hero that I have ever made in a Let's Build a Champion 
that will never do a thing on the battlefield except maybe plink away with his crossbow. No one's coming near him because they'll just die. <laughs> but they don't have to because at most he can move two inches a turn. Oh, the gods give and the gods taketh away. So our Beastman Champion, uh, he has four chaos attributes. He has a silly walk. I'm sorry, five chaos attributes. Uh, so he had his silly walk for minus one movement and minus one to his fear points. His dragon head for uh, plus one attack. So five attacks. So yeah, actually 10 attacks. Uh, fire breath. He can breathe fire from both heads. Kind of cool. And plus one fear point, which is actually plus two fear points because he has two of these heads. And then uh, he has his extra knees, which give him plus one movement, which cancel out the minus one movement from the silly walk. Uh, but then the short legs cut his movement in half, too. And then finally, the uh, Siamese twin result that gives him all sorts of cool stuff, uh, including, you know, uh, another half of him. Uh, so basically doubling his attacks and doubling his wounds, but halving his already terrible movement of two down to movement one. He is followed and hopefully carried around sometimes just so they can get places by 16 beastmen of the very regular variety, but a good sized unit for a uh, starting off champion, four minotaur and a single lost centaur. Altogether, I think this is maybe the most normal warband I have ever generated with the strangest character I have ever seen. I do love it. Before we go, there is one thing that we absolutely must do, and that is we need to generate a name for our beastman. It would be a crime to leave him as an unnamed champion. Maybe I'll generate two names? I think we'll generate two names. I, I feel like each side would want its own name. I've never been part of a conjoined twin act before, but I assume that you want to kind of be your own person, even if you're attached to another person. So I'm over on Realm of Plastic. It is a lovely little blog, realmofplastic.com, that has tons of fun name generators for 40k, AOS, and fantasy. So we're going to hop on and see what name we get for a Beastman of Corn. So our first result is Akra Balefur. Ooh, you know what? I kind of like that. Akra Balefur. He's very baleful, so let's go with that. Akra Balefur. And for his conjoined twin, Osgrel Halfhoof. Oh my god. Okay, so Osgrel Halfhoof is the main twin here? Because Halfhoof is such a great name for someone with one movement. <laughs> Uh, man, they're, what a hard life they must live, these two. Like, they're so deadly, but they can never get to anyone to fight. That must drive them crazy. All right, so Osgrol Halfhoof and his conjoined brother, Akra Balefur. Shouldn't they both have the same last name? They probably should, but hey, it's chaos. Anything can happen. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been a journey today. What a fun result we got here we got the the strangest beastman i have ever seen this guy is becoming a spawn 
999 times out of a thousand i think if you were to take him in an actual path to glory campaign i don't even know if he's really playable with that movement of one you'd probably find a way around it if beastmen can ride horses uh, i think that's what you want to do put him on a war horse i don't know whether or not they can and uh, i couldn't find it quickly so we're going to assume they can't it's more funny to to think that he has to do his his little silly walk with all of his extra knees around the battlefield whilst his his poor war band is just you know they're just trying their best (laughs) that one lost centaur is just like guys should i be here i don't i don't know has anyone seen my 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 herd so that is going to do it for this episode of the war games orchard we'll probably do a more traditional episode and something a little bit longer next week hopefully, uh, since I shouldn't be as crazy busy as I have been. Thanks so much for listening. On behalf of myself, Osgrel Halfhoof, and Akra Balefur, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going, and... Enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The Wargames Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. <laughs>